Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Talking on um, 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 on something that I guess is a bit of a follow-on from last week, um, and. Uh, Last week, uh, if you weren't here, we, we actually talked about just controlling our mouths, controlling our tongue, um, and we, we talked about gossip and uh, all of those sorts of things. Um, the reason being is because if there's one thing that can actually ruin our church and ruin everything that we have here, it's, it's the... It's the moment when we start to talk a bit about each other outside of, of um, uh, like when the, when, the, when the environment becomes unsafe for people where they can't be themselves without having people talk about them. And, 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 and churches um, can actually very easily become these, these, these groups of people who come together on Sunday and they worship and they do all of the right things, but... Um, as soon as church is finished, they have each other for lunch, literally. Like that's the subject, is just, oh, what's, what are they doing and what are they doing and they shouldn't have done this and they should do this and they should be this and they should, they should, they should, they should and just all the, and, 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 and what we actually create when church becomes like that and especially within our social gatherings um, is, is we create a very unsafe environment because what happens is every person who begins to engage in that begins to realize, oh, hold on a second, I better watch my back here because I'm not safe. And, 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 and you take that a little bit further, then everybody's trying to keep everyone happy. Everyone's trying to do the right thing and make sure they look good in front of everyone. And then you know what happens when everybody's trying to look good at church? You know what happens? When everybody's trying to look good in church, sin gets hidden. And when sin's hidden, it actually gets worse. You know, sin is actually meant to be exposed. Do you know that? The moment you hide sin, it's going to get worse in your life. I know, I know, I'm, I'm, I might be challenging you. I know, I'm not trying to make anyone feel jealous. I mean jealous, not the word, that's not the word. To feel guilty. I'm getting my words mixed around. My uh, dictionary in my head's not working. Uh, I'm not trying to make anyone feel guilty here this morning. I, I, I just want you to know that, that you've got to expose sin in your world. You've got to expose it. But, but that won't happen if we're a church that's not safe for people to be exposed. And one of the, the key areas that, that will, will, will stop a church from being a safe haven for people to grow is the moment it becomes a church where people aren't safe because everybody's talking about them. Who, who disagrees? Anybody disagree with me? This is, a, this is a hard topic for me to talk on as a pastor. But at the same time, it's a, it's a really necessary topic for me to talk on because God is only going to bring more people to us. He's only going to bring more people here. He's only going to bring more people who struggle with all sorts of things. I, and I don't care if they are brand new to the faith or they've been Christians for 50 years. Let me tell you something. Every Christian struggles with sin. And it will be exposed in the environment of church if you really, really engage in 
fellowship, if you really, really engage in being friends with each other, with you, with each other and, and, and going beyond actually just meeting on a Sunday, it, it will be. It's like, it's, it's, that's the thing about church. In fact, that's the thing why we kind of sort of hide away from it. Like, oh man, if I hang around with those people too much, they're going to see me. You know, they're going to know who I am. So I'd prefer to keep it all distant. But the, the, the way we're going to create this environment for safety, for people to feel safe, is, is, is us having the responsibility of going, you know what, I ain't going to gossip. I am not a gossip. The Bible in Proverbs, it, it says, it says, avoid a gossiper. Avoid a gossiper. Now, now we, we might, that doesn't, that doesn't give a person, uh, you an excuse to avoid people in our church, Okay. But, but that does, it, it is a warning that we have to heed that when there are people that are, that are gossiping, gossiping, and all they do is talk, we need, to, we need to actually help those people and see, help them to see that, you know what, this talking and this, all of this stuff that's going on is a problem in your world, and, and why, is it, why, you, why, why, is it, why is it such a big thing for you to talk about everybody else? Let's talk about you for a moment. What's going on in your world? What, what sin are you struggling with? Are you so, so, such an expert on everybody else's sin? What about your sin? You know, and, and that, that, that is a challenge that when we stand before Christ, it is not about, it is not about anybody else but us. When you, when you see Isaiah in the book of Isaiah, the prophet, when he sees God, he's like, I'm unclean. My lips are unclean. I'm a sinner. Who am I to stand before you, God? And, 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 but so often, this, this church environment, what it turns out to be with, with some of the conversations you have, all you can hear about is how good everybody is. Oh, I'm so good at this, and I'm so good at this. I did this, and I did that, and I did this. And, and you should see that person, oh, you know, what they don't do. I'm so much better than them. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's like, hold on a second. We've missed it. We've missed it. We've missed it. It's not about how good you are. That's not why you need Jesus. You didn't need Jesus because you were good. You need Jesus because you're bad. You needed Jesus because you're a sinner. Right? Okay, so uh, let's, let's stop talking about how good we are and start exposing our sin. But to do that, we all have to be committed to creating a safe environment where we're not judging each other, we're not judging another person. But this is going to be difficult, and I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about this, because you know what? This will be our, the largest test of our spiritual growth. Let me tell you something. A lot of people treat church like a, uh, like a learning institute. Church is not a learning institute. Coming to this whole thing and reading the Bible together, we're not here to, to learn, although we are, but it's not just a learning institute. See, see, if you go to a learning institute like a university or a college or a school or something, there's going to be information that is presented to you. Now, you're going to need to do a test on that to, to, to see whether or not you've got that information in your head. But whether or not you use that information, that's up to you. You might learn about physics. You might learn about algebra. You might learn about English literature. You might learn about all of the different subjects, but you may never use that stuff and it doesn't really apply to your life. So whatever is there, I don't really care. You know what I'm saying? It's like, unless I can make some money out of it, I don't really need that information. I'm just going to get through the thing and to, to, in order to, to pass my test. That's a learning institute. institute. Churches are not a learning institute. And I've seen people make the mistake of treating them like this, where they come in and go, I'm going to take that, I'm going to take that, I'm going to take that, and I'm going to take this. Mm, that I don't like, that I don't like, but I do like this from this other place and this other teaching over here. And then you end up with this kind of amalgamation of religions. And it's all like, 
so what do you actually believe? And they're like, well, I believe in uh, everything, you know? So you believe in nothing if you believe in everything because you can't believe in everything because everything, there will be differences. So when you treat church as a learning institute where it's just principles, you're going to miss the point of church. Church is not a learning institute. Church is a growth institute. I said church is a growth institute. Church is a place where we are growing in our spiritual life. Now, the difference between a, 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 a learning institute and a growth institute, in a learning institute, you've got principles that you may or may not apply to your life. In a growth institute, you've got absolute commandments that you're either following or you're not. So when Jesus comes into the picture, he's like, pretty strong he's acting like he's God because he is God and he doesn't just make suggestions he comes in and says I give you this commandment hi Rohan I love this picture there's Uncle Ghoul Aunty Sheila did you see it there's Komal Javan that's awesome anyway you're going to spend the whole time now trying to work out who people are I shouldn't have said that <laughs> So a growth institute has commandments. Let's say if you've got a garden, okay, I, I'm a very uh, botanical, for some reason, the whole uh, analogy of botany uh, sort of applies and helps me to make sense of the world. But you've got, you've, got a, you've got a tree, okay, who's killed a plant? I mean, be honest. Who's killed a plant? You bought a plant, you saw it, it looked beautiful in the, on that, either in that cart that they pushed around uh, in Bandra or there's different subjects. You know those guys, they cut and they're, they're all flowering. Or you've gone down to the nursery and you thought, wow, I'm, oh, no, I'm, I'm buying plants. I'm such a grown-up. And you feel grown-up. You feel like an adult because, you know, you bought a plant and finally you've got plants. And you bring that plant home and you think, that's going to look fantastic in the middle of my house on that special table. And uh, you know what? I think they're supposed to have sun. But I don't know, I'm just going to give it lots of water. And you start feeding it every day. Water, 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 water. And that thing starts dying. <laughs> You're like, the plant's dying. Oh no, my plant's dying. And, uh, and uh, your, your auntie, great auntie, distant, who lives in another city says, you know, you should put that in the sun. So you're like, oh, I don't want to put it in the sun because then it's not going to be in that special spot that I bought it from. I've got nowhere to leave it except here. So I'm just going to leave it here and hope that maybe that plant gets better. <laughs> Jesus, I just pray for my plant, you know, just special grace for this plant that it would be okay. <laughs> but you know what the commandment is for that plant? It needs sun. You've got to put that thing outside, otherwise it's just going to die. See, the things of God are absolute and immovable and concrete. If a plant needs sun, it needs sun. There's nothing you can do. It doesn't matter how you feel about it. I'm just going to feel myself into that plant and make it grow in Jesus' name. It's like, you can, you can call it Jesus' name, whatever you want. It's not going to happen. Because that plant needs sun, you know. And sometimes we treat the things of God like a learning institute. I may or may or apply that into my life. The Bible is not like that. This thing is full of commandments. Why? These are commandments of life. This is the way it is. Do you understand? So when it comes to like gossip, 
We tend to treat, I'm talking about myself here, but we tend to treat these things like, well, it's kind of up to me. No, it's not. You're standing in ground you don't want to be on. You, you're standing in a place that, 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 that the judgment of God <laughs> comes upon and, say, and he, will, uh, he will ask you to give an account for all the things you have said, right? And, and, uh, and we need to be super careful. And, and you're going to find one of the main areas where you will struggle the most in your spiritual walk is actually getting control of your life in this area. The area of the mouth, the area of the tongue, the area of our speech and what we say and what we don't say. You know what I'm talking about? I know what I'm talking about. As I'm, I'm preaching to myself here, I'm not standing up here as a man who has made it in this arena. I am standing up here in front of you as a man who needs God, who is broken. And I just know that this is something that God is growing in me. To produce fruit in our lives, the kind of fruit that you actually all want, the kind of fruit that God has called you to produce, you have to apply what God commands. And the largest of these commandments is in Matthew 22, verse 36 to 40. Matthew 22, verse 36 to 40. Matthew 22. Sorry, it's verse 37. Sorry, sorry, sorry. 36. I've just, uh, yeah, verse 36. That's what I said, right? Is that what I said? Yeah, yeah sorry. I'm uh, not with it today. I'm feeling a little ill. But anyway, I'll be okay. Let me push on. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Okay? This is a question that was posed to Jesus by an expert. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind. Full stop. Oh, good. I can do that. I'm going to love the Lord. My God, with all my heart, all my, I can do that. I got that down. But Jesus keeps on going, unfortunately for us. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. In other words, everything hangs off this. It's like... It doesn't attach. Nothing attaches to the source without those two things in place. Do you understand? It just doesn't work. It's completely imbalanced and out, and it's not going to work unless you've got these two things in place. Look at your neighbor and say, I am your neighbor. I am your neighbor. Shake it, shake it, shake it. Shake it like a Polaroid picture. You remember that song? All right. <laughs> I am your neighbor. What's a neighbor? Define neighbor. Let's define a neighbor. Literally, when, when, when Jesus uses that word neighbor, he, 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 he literally means the person near you. You got anyone near you? 
Now, this could be in a church environment. This could be when you're driving your car. This could be when um, you're at the office. This could be anywhere. This is not, this is not defined to, a, to church. I'm sorry, guys. It would be so easy if it was, but it isn't. Okay? Love your, the person near you as much as you love yourself. Well, I hate myself. <laughs> well, you had a shower and you fed yourself. And you, you know, you treated yourself to, to that chocolate pudding last night. I think you do actually love yourself. All right? I haven't seen really anyone who actually really does hate themselves. Otherwise, they'd just wipe themselves out, you know? I mean, that's, I guess, or they'd be doing things to kind of make themselves look ugly every day. Because I just hate myself. I'm just going to rip my face off, you know? It's a bit extreme, right? Sorry. It's too far. But you know the point I'm trying to make. Really, when you boil it down to, 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 to the truth, even a person who says they hate themselves actually really does love themselves. And Jesus commands us. It's not, it's not a principle that you may or may not apply to your life. He commands us. He says the greatest of the commandments. If you're going to follow this one, you can do all of the rest. This is what he's saying is love your, the person near you as you love yourself. There is not a person in this room that is not challenged by that, including me. I am so challenged by that because the fact is I love myself way more than I love other people. Can I get a witness? I am your neighbor. You still have to love me. There was a few honest people put up their hands. The rest of you are like, no, I've got that down. Okay, we'll see. You know, I'm challenged by this. Because I'm aware of my brokenness. And this is not an excuse. This, rep- this requires daily repentance on my behalf. This requires a daily repentance before Lord, the Lord where I have to humble myself before Him and say, you know what, God, I, I, I'm, I'm having trouble following your greatest commandment here. I'm having trouble. And, and I'm going to need some faith. I, I, repentance and faith. Everybody, everything in, in our walk with Jesus comes back to repentance and faith. Where we, where we have, can see that we aren't making the mark. We repent and say, God, I turn to you. And then we, we access the faith that's been given. That's a gift that's been given through the cross. That's been given through the act of Christ that we can have access and say, you know what, God, give me the strength to do this. We don't make excuses, but we go to repentance and we go to faith. And then we begin to go, okay, I'm, I'm applying this into my world. I'm going to love my neighbor as I love myself. God, help me. I don't know how to do that. And I, I can tell you that this time and that time and that time and that time where I've failed, God, I repent all of all of that. Give me the strength. I rely on you, not on myself, to get this job done. But you know, in life, as you're praying this, till the day you pass away and go to heaven, there's going to be people that offend you enough that you will stumble in this area. There's always going to be someone that breaks protocol. There's always going to be someone that acts outside of the social etiquette that you are in. There's always going to be some person that offends you. And instantly you're going to be like, you know what, I'm better than you. I'm cutting you out. And we, we, we instantly go from, from, from oh, I'm so loving to like, except for that guy. <laughs> Preaching to myself. Preaching to myself, okay? There's going to be moments where you're torn between two people. Because 
such and such just broke up with such and such and you're friends with them both and now you don't know what to do. <laughs> and such and such is going to be talking about such and such and you're going to be like caught in the middle. And or, or there's going to be someone that you're like the same age with, as um, and they're in the same kind of career as you and you, you're like, it starts off as friends but all of a sudden you realise, hold on a second, they're competing with me. And, uh, and then you start competing with them. And then it's a competition. And it's a muscle. It's like, my muscles are bigger than yours. And, you know, I, I can do this more. I've got a little, you should, you should see my bank account. And you look at your little bank account. And, you know, all of these sorts of things. It just becomes like, or, 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 we, or we might be, you know, there might be people that totally misbehave and totally offend you. There may be people, and I'm talking about in church, right? Who gossip about you? Oh, I can't believe, you know, they. You know how much, you know what they, you know who they. Uh, and and, and it, might, it might come back to you. Why I order that little. I'm your neighbor. Uh, maybe, maybe they've lied to you. Maybe people have lied to you and you found out. Maybe, maybe, maybe they went, maybe you were putting on a party, like an event, and you cooked up that paneer masala, <laughs> lamb, rogan josh, you know, chicken tikka, or you got a caterer in, whatever you did, I'm not judging, um, and, 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 and that person that you knew. If they don't come to your party, then three other people aren't going to come. So you're counting on that person to come, and they don't come. And they don't tell you, they say, oh, I'm a bit sick, you know, I'm a bit sick. But then you find out they've gone to something else. <laughs> people are going to do these things to you in church. I'm telling you, they're going to do them. Maybe, maybe you've introduced some people to people. And then those people that you introduced to those people have either become best friends or that person has totally offended the person that you introduced them to and then made you look bad. I am your neighbor. Maybe, maybe I got a whole list. I'm just going to keep going because I, I want this to be really relevant to your world. Maybe they're just rude. They're just rude. They're just rude to you. Maybe they're just rude. Maybe, maybe they've just, they, they, you, you were talking, you were having a nice dinner party and they started talking about Trump and you just, man. <laughs> like you, 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 like you, you sent money to Obama, you know. And you don't even vote. You don't even have any skin in that game. And they and it's like, man, that person, oh, they're out. They're out. You ain't my neighbor anymore. You, you, you're not even near me. You're going to be far because it's, it's a near thing. It's a near thing. Maybe, maybe you've got disagreements over morality. There's different moral issues where, where, where one person is on one end of the scale and you're like, you're, they're, they're quite liberal and you're quite the holy type. And you're, you're like, no, that's so wrong. 
and, and all of a sudden, in church we have these things, in, in, in our offices, in our homes, these things go on. Can I, can I get a little bit closer to the bone? Because I have to touch on some things because it's going to come up in church. But maybe, maybe, maybe there's, there's someone whose dress is too short or who's showing too much cleavage. Sam, I have told you so many times. <laughs> and it's just offensive what they're wearing. How dare they? Don't they know that every man is looking at them and they're causing their men to stumble? Probably not. But maybe God's brought them to this place so that they can get some healing in their world. Maybe they need a safe place where, where everywhere they've gone, they've always been judged and God has brought them to us so that we can love them through. Yeah. I pray that God brings more people like that into this place. I really do. Why? Because that's what the world looks like. And if this place has become this safe place, it's only safe for Christians, then I am quitting. Strong words, but that, I'm done. I'm not here for Christians, I'm sorry. I'm here for sinners. I'm, for, I'm here for people who need Jesus. And, if, and we need to be like this. When God, and God says, I'm going to bring some sinners into this place because they accept them as they are. And yet, we put up these things, oh, they're not what we should, they should be. And then all of the people, they, they come in and they're like, um, oh, there's all this stuff I need to change in order to be a Christian. It's not for me. You know what? There's one thing you have to do to follow Jesus, is to believe. Everything comes after that. Everything. Hmm. God looks at the heart. He doesn't look at all of the external stuff, you know. I kind of got on a, on, a, on a bit of a strong kind of thing there because this is real church, right? Who knows this is real church? And these are all the things that we kind of gossip about, we talk about. Maybe someone's indifferent to you. Maybe they didn't say hello. Sometimes I'm, I've got, I swear, I've got some sort of thing where if I'm thinking about something, I completely don't see people sometimes. It's bizarre. I've got this, this issue, and it's an issue as a pastor. It's like that person appears next to me when they start, start talking to me when I'm concentrating on something else. So, like, I'll be walking, and I'll be like, and I'll hear this, Hi, Ryan, and I'll be like, Who was that? Oh, oh there, you're right there. And they're like, I was here all the time. You didn't see me, you know. And I, I've offended a lot of people like that because I've just not seen them. But that's going to happen. You know, some people may not live up to your expectations. Maybe, maybe they set off some of your own prejudices. You know, we all have prejudices. We've all got them. And uh, sometimes those things are just going to be set off. This is not a learning institute where we maybe apply some of the principles of God. These are commandments. And, and that brings us really close to our own weakness. Because all of a sudden, we are going to be aware at some point of our breaking point, of our limit. And God has done this on purpose because He wants to bring you to faith. He wants, you to, bring you, he wants to bring you to a point where you realize, gosh, I need God. Uh, it's not about how good I am, it's about how good He is. 
And the only way you're going to produce fruit in your life is to come before Him in repentance. And, and this area of loving your neighbor is the place, is the thing is going to bring you to that, if nothing else does. I don't mind who you are. I don't mind what age you are. I know I'm, a, I'm, I'm 41. I know I'm a young man. I know there are people in this room that are older than me. But let me tell you something. I love you. I respect you. But you are going to struggle with this. And do not ever think that you won't because you are lying to yourself if you think you don't. Strong word. Got a bit quiet. But I love you. I'm your neighbor. I'm your neighbor. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22 Let's turn to it. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. This is a message to the church. I want to show you something about what the Bible says about this in other places. It says, Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other. Okay? Now, this is interesting that he adds this word sincere. Who, 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 who knows that sometimes we can pretend we love someone, but really it's not sincere? Maybe we're trying to just get them to do something, or maybe, maybe we're just sort of like, oh, I better love them, I better act on the church today. But then, you know, it's not really sincere. But, but once again, you're going to need faith for that. That's not going to come from you, that's going to come from Jesus. Now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth, basically what he's saying is now that you've become a follower of Jesus, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. Love one another deeply from the heart. This word deeply, let me just define that word deeply because it's actually that word deeply that they've used there is a bit deeper than that. Uh, sometimes sometimes uh, the, word, the words in the Bible... Um, they, they, haven't, they haven't been able to quite find the right word to uh, explain the word that it was originally written in, okay? And sometimes, this is why it's good to study your Bible, this is why it's good to get a good commentary and a, and a good concordance and a good study Bible, um, because sometimes you can be reading stuff through the Bible, you might miss what's actually been said because of English, because it wasn't written in English, do you understand? So there's good tools out there that you can use to, to understand the Bible. And this is one of them. This word deeply means uh, three, three other things. Eagerly, fervently, and freely. Eagerly. So it's saying, he's saying be quick to love. Okay? Be quick to love. Eager. Be eager. Be eager. Like, who likes dessert? Who likes chocolate? Who doesn't like chocolate? Any, any, anyone that doesn't like chocolate? Okay, you're more like salt, salt, you like salt stuff better? You like the more savory sort of things maybe? Okay? Okay. Whatever it is, that, that thing that you just love, that is just like you can't resist when it's put in front of you. And that, that, that like, oh yeah, like oh, I'm getting into it. Like, that's mine. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's just like finished. It's, the end has come for that. I'm going to devour it right now. You know, it's that, that's eagerness. That's how we are to love, okay? So, so love each other deeply, eagerly, fervently. That's like, I ain't giving up. And freely. In other words, freely means it's free. It's not going to cost anyone for you to love them, okay? It's free. 
But, but later on, so we got that kind of deeply. We got, but, but a bit later on in this book of Peter, uh, it's mentioned again, this word deeply. Okay? But this time, it's actually a different word. I was doing a, a word study. It's a different word. Okay, so it says, again, I'll show it to you, in 1 Peter, verse 4, 8, down, go across to chapter 4, and verse 8, okay, um, it says this, above all, love each other deeply, there it is, deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. Wow, that's interesting. That's interesting. But this word is different. Now this word means four different words that I'm going to help you to understand this, this kind of deeply. It's constant, it's eager, once again, it's earnest, and it's without ceasing. In other words, it doesn't end. Now this is the tough kind of love. Listen, the first love, the eager, like we can do all do that, you know. We get on church, we get on a team, we do the journey series and, and we get to know, okay, I've got my gifts here, I know what I'm gifted in, I'm going to get involved in a team and I'm on the coffee team and I'm helping out Vandana who's in, the, in charge of hospitality and, and, and now I'm, I'm like Mr. Hospitality or I'm Mrs. Hospitality. People are going to feel so loved because of what I do, which is awesome, okay? And, and we, 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 we keep doing that thing and it's just amazing. We feel good about ourselves because we're eagerly, fervently and freely loving people. Okay? But then one of those things out of the list I, have, I had for you, the, all, all of those things that offend us, there's many, many more. It's a very, if, if, if it was a comprehensive list, it probably would go on forever. Okay? Um, of all of this, you know, and one of those people that you've served does one of those things to you. We forget a little bit later on in 1 Peter 4 verse 8 where that love, that deep love is to be constant and that's where it gets difficult. And this is, this is, the, this is the thing that will make or break a church or a follower of Christ. This is the thing. This is the moment where you're going to have to choose. I can do the free stuff. I can do the, 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 you know, the, 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 the eager stuff, the fervent stuff. I, but, but, but that person better, better watch themselves. Do you understand? This is the hard one. The constant love. Why? Why? And, and, and why, why does he use this different word? Well, he explains it in the next part where it says, because love covers a multitude of sins. You know who, who those sins are against? You. Obviously, yeah, against God, but you're going to find the ones, the sin that you won't want to cover will be when people sin against you. You're going to want to let someone know. You're going to want to tell someone. You're, want, you're going to want to, you're going to want to like, shout it from the rooftops because all of a sudden you've, you've seen weakness and you're going to go after it. And we do this as humans, right? We do this. But the moment we partake of that kind of behavior, one, we stand in a place which is outside of God's favor, which is outside of what God has for us. It's like we stand out, so we, go, we, we, we walk straight into the dark. And when we're outside of God's protection and favor, anything can happen. Anything can happen. 
But when we're in it, and this is one of, this is one of the key areas of how we stay within the light, of how we stay within God's, what He commands, is constant love for one another. So how do we apply this into our lives? I know this is a heavy word, but I brought it to you today because I love you so much and I just know that God is going to greatly build a great church over here. And God is going to continue to bring people into this place. And, and, and you out in the workplace and you out in your, your, your general life, this is going to affect you more than anything else. So what do we have to do about this? Well, first thing is do this. Just begin to watch what you're saying. Let me read you a scripture. This is why it's important to, for you to be watching what you're saying. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. It says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So if you're in a position where what you are saying kind of sounds hateful all the time, or it's got judgment attached to it, or it's got this or that, we, 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 we'd, we'd like to think, oh, that's not actually inside of me. It's just, you know, it's just there. No, that, that's what's inside. What you're saying is actually exposing who you are. Do you understand? Now, this is hard. It's, it's tough. But we need to be aware of what we're saying. Another scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's coming up out of your mouth, what you're talking about, is who you are. Do you understand? It's not coming from some external. It's not someone else's fault. It's what's in you. The tongue reveals your heart. Now, when we... And, and listen, I know this. I am not Mr. Perfect on this, and that's not an excuse. There are things in my world which I, I have to bring before the Lord because I say them and then I realize, you know what, that, that's coming from prejudice. Oh, that's coming from, that's coming from something in me that, that actually isn't of God. It's not of the Bible. That's just sin in my own world. What do I do with that? Well, I have to repent. What do you do with that? Well, you have to repent. That's, where, that's your opportunity to get before God and say, okay, God, I got this going on in my world. I don't even understand why. And God will begin to help you to see what it's connected to and what issue of your heart that's deep below the surface where that's coming from. Maybe it's something that happened to you when you were a child. Maybe it's something that was said to you. Maybe it was something that was done to you. Maybe, who knows what it was, but it'll, it, God will help you. And having good counsel in your, in your life, I was going to say your wife, I mean that helps also, good counsel in your wife, if you've, if you've got one, Keith's got one, and he, 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 finally it happened, it's awesome. Uh, you've got good counsel in your life, they're going to help you discover these things. That's why you've got to have good 
That's why we're leaders. That's why we do what we do. That's why we appoint leaders in this house, in this church, because we want there to be a place for people to come and, and talk about the things that they're struggling through and, and, and where they need to repent. And once you've repented, all you've got to do is begin to rely on God. Catch what you are saying. You know, Paul says, I catch every thought. And I, I and I bring it to account. You know, we gotta we gotta watch what we're speaking. When we come across stuff that's hateful, that's judging, judging, that's based on prejudice, that's based on someone that's offended us, and, and the stuff that's beginning to come out, and that we're just kind of vomiting it out. You know what it feels like? It's just sort of blah, 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 it's just coming out. You'd be like, hold up, what's going on there? What's going on there? Why is it? Why is this such a hot issue for me? And we catch it, we repent and we begin to rely on God to help us change, right? I just want, I want, I want you to, I want to finish on this. You see, this is important because, well, I want to have a church, I want C3 Mumbai to be a church that's safe for anybody in any walk of life. Is that what you want? I want it safe for everyone. But I want to bring it a little closer. I want it to be a church that's safe for you. For you. What's the point if this is an unsafe place? How is anybody ever going to overcome anything in their world and just be who they are if it's not safe? And the way it would become unsafe is when people start to talk about one another and forget that love covers a multitude of sin. Love covers. Love doesn't expose. Love covers. And you have to understand, love covers you. Isn't that not what you want? That's what you want. Well, let's give it to someone else. Because that would be loving others as you love yourself. Oh, yes, we want to create a safe environment for people, but really, this is about you feeling safe enough to have a group of people around your world that you can totally be real with. If we can come to that place, this place will be the most attractive place on earth. We can do all the Facebook marketing. I could put a budget of like crores on Facebook, Google, come to C3 Mumbai, you know, and people would come. But if we haven't got this, it's all a waste of time. It's all a waste of time. If this place isn't safe, it's a waste of time. Why is this important? Well, here's why it's important. And here's where the growth will be for you. And here's where you will see God at work in your life like you can't, cannot imagine. Here's why. Because... Your whole life, you probably know this, some of you older guys who have been around for a while, you already know this, your whole life is determined by your relationships. Your whole life. Everything you have is because of a relationship, whether it be a relationship with your mum, dad, brothers, sisters, friends, acquaintances, everything you have, you know, one of, the, one of the sad things in business in Mumbai 
is that everybody seems to be out to make a quick buck at the expense of relationships. If they would just, ima if they would just remember that it's about the relationship, the quick buck would become much, 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 much bigger in the long run. It would be exponentially, exponential in terms of growth in the long run. Because your whole life is determined by your relationships. And when love is the center of your world, when you begin to apply this with repentance and faith into your world, your whole life will change because you change. Do you understand? People will begin to see you and they'll be like, man, that guy has changed. I mean, I remember what they said about such and such. They're not saying that sort of stuff anymore. What's going on with them? I mean, I saw what that person did to them and they covered them. Like, what the? And you, and listen, when you even understand that your whole life is actually about relationships and what God is trying to do is he's trying to position you to have the best. And we want all of the things, but we don't want the hard work. God is like, no, no, you've got to get in the sun. You got to, said, we're the plant, right? He's trying to put us in the sun. And the way we get in that sun is, is obeying his commandments. And the number one thing is love him. Number two is each other. Love the person that's near you. And yes, that's going to be hard. Yes, that's going to be difficult. Yes, that's going to be messy. Yes, you're going to not know how to do that sometimes. Yes, and yes, and yes, I know. But let me tell you something. If you pursue this and, and let this be a something that just pushes you to repentance and faith, your whole life will be different. Let me tell you something, guys. I know this for myself because I've seen God do it in my life. Man, I was listening to some preaching of myself from about 12 years ago. I found some old tapes. I was cleaning out my house when we moved and I found all of these old CDs. And uh, I, that was past Ryan, you know. <laughs> past Ryan. And I listened to some of those CDs and I was like so embarrassed because I could just hear this abrasiveness in my heart in my, by what I was saying. And I, 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 I just, I went back to those moments and I just remembered Although I was preaching the word, although I was doing all of this stuff, you know, uh, there was some stuff that I, was, I needed to have God work out of my life, life relationally. And I'm not there yet, but He's definitely changed me. And I know that if He hadn't, I wouldn't have this. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be the pastor that I am today. I would have offended you all very quickly with my tongue. And God's taught me to control it. And it's just simply repentance and faith. I don't want to go on for any longer. But this is a, this is a word that I hope for each of you brings you to repentance. That's all. Not con con condemnation. Not that, oh, you know, you're this and that. Just repentance. Just a knowledge of like, you know what? That's me. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page.
follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai,